Truth Espresso, episode 137. Face it, we all would rather sleep in this morning. <sighs> That's why God gave us espresso to kickstart our zombified corpses into hyperdrive. <laughs> And now, giving your mind and soul the morning shot of truth it craves. This is Truth Espresso with Daniel Minnick. Well, hello, this is Daniel Minnick, your host for Truth Espresso Express, coming at you with another episode. And this one is going to be interesting, as they are all interesting, but I am on my commute to work in the morning, and it's, oh, yeah, it was a little cold last night, and there's actually a little bit of frost on the grass this morning, you know, it's like winter is <clears throat> starting to peak up from the horizon, or something like that, you know. Whatever kind of uh, metaphor or figure of speech I could use to show that winter is, is starting to show itself. So this episode of Truth Espresso Express, I'd like to talk about, um, you know, the evolving story about <clears throat> the abortion law in Texas and all the, the stuff that's going on with that. So if you haven't been keeping up uh, to date with what's going on there, as you know, um, as you should know, Governor Greg Abbott had signed um, these the heartbeat law, uh, uh, the heartbeat bill, Senate Bill 8, into law on May 15th, and then it was set to uh, become law, be activated September 1st, and yeah, as we know, September 1st, when it did go into law, um, my wife Chelsea and I did an episode that talked about what was going on with that, and <clears throat> mentioned the um, abortion frenzy to get them done before midnight, morning September 1st, so that was disheartening there, but... Um, so according to pro-life groups like Texas Right to Life, they say about 3,000 or more babies have been saved as a result. And accordingly, um, the abortion providers, at least they claim, uh, they've all been in compliance with the six-week uh, cutoff time and haven't performed abortions. They've been in compliance with the law. <laughs> so, yeah, um, as as we have mentioned on earlier episodes, yeah, the law isn't perfect, um, you know, because anything that doesn't recognize that life begins at conception and uh, demands you know, protection uh, from conception that no one has the right intentionally to kill any human. It's it's not perfect, but, you know, I mean, we're, we are, you know, we do believe that abortion needs to be abolished, but, you know, it's something, and seeing how the leftists are scrambling, fighting against it, is, it's entertaining to see. <laughs> So, on October 6th, okay, well, let me talk about what's unique about this bill that tries to get around the way um, it would be enforced, like, say, if it were enforced by uh, 
executive <laughs> um, functions or police uh, expecting people are punishing people for a crime that's not how this bill is enforced so you could form your own opinion about whether this is a good idea or bad but the texas heartbeat law is enforced by private citizens bringing lawsuits and the law says that you know a minimum of ten thousand dollars I believe is the reward if someone brings suit against an abortion provider in accordance with the the language of the bill and succeeds in court they can be awarded $10,000 and of course the media will call it like a a system of of bounties and you know making Texans um, seek bounties and you know so the effectiveness of that remains to be seen but it's the the reason for this was designed to um, shield the bill from the legal challenges. Of course, you, I guess, you know, given the way things are, you can't perfectly shield it because <clears throat> pro-abortion advocates and uh, those in government, just activist justices, are going to challenge it anyway, which is what happened. So, yes, uh, President Joe Biden said that he was committed to overturning it and the administration sued, uh, claiming the law was unconstitutional, even though the law for enforcement tries to get around the legal challenges so that it would be constitutional. But, of course, the, the grounds for it being unconstitutional is that it violates or it gets around Roe versus Wade, which, you know, um, the media will often claim is the law of the land. Well, since when, you know, has a court opinion ever been law? Like, you know, so a judge rules in a particular case of the plant of a defendant that, uh, you know, here's how the plaintiff or the defendant has been wronged, and now here is the you know, restitution that the other side needs to give. So, I mean, it's supposed to apply in that particular case, and then um, the case is precedent so that if someone were to um, be in a similar situation, then with court precedence, you know, if it was brought to a court... Based on precedence, they would likely end up with a similar result. That's supposed to be what a court ruling is. It's not, the judges are not supposed to be making law from the bench. But it seems like a lot of people just assume that is the case, that if a judge rules a certain way on a Supreme Court case, that it's the law of the land, and now police can forbid people from doing something if uh, it goes against the opinion of the ruling of the majority of the judge panel in a particular case involving particular people. You know, that's not law. That's opinion. You might say, well, I might not, you know, I might try to avoid that particular situation because I don't want to end up in court and with that situation, but that's It's not law, okay? You know, so stop saying that Roe versus Wade is the law of the land, and then the whole idea of it being a cons of abortion being a constitutional right is because Roe versus Wade, which really should never have been heard in the first place, 
But, you know, okay, so what about Roe versus Wade? Well, <clears throat> it was based on the understanding of science at the time, and of course the, you know, justices wanted it to be they wanted it to go a certain way, and so to argue that uh, abortion was a right and whether it was constitutional, the ruling was that it was constitutional because of the right to privacy, which, you know, I, I respect a right to privacy, of course, but it's a, it's a de facto type thing because the government isn't supposed to um, you know, do searches and seizures according to the, you know, Fourth Amendment without a warrant. But, you know, whether or not you kill a person is not a right to privacy. So, yeah, that's, this was a, a twisting of the Constitution because of the, the desire to rule that abortion is a right. So it's like, you know, figure out a way to justify it uh, by twisting the Constitution. And now we have this <clears throat> idea that the Constitution enshrines a right to abortion, which is a right to kill human beings. And there's no such right in the Constitution, or as anyone who wrote it intended, they had did not have abortion in mind, okay? <laughs> yeah, but then, uh, even though... We recognize the, uh, you know, Mississippi case that's going to be heard could potentially challenge Roe versus Wade and other cases where it's like, it's clear, come on, we have the science, Roe versus Wade was determined on false pre pretenses, the whole idea of the three trimesters where, okay, the, the states can impose some, you know, some restrictions in the third trimester and fewer restrictions in the second trimester, but no restrictions in the first trimester based on faulty reasoning about science that that didn't know as much about life with, um, you know, ultrasound technology at the time, but we've proven with ultrasounds now that you could actually have a heartbeat, you know, definitely by five weeks, but, you know, even earlier, between three and four weeks, you know, but it's, it's life at conception, okay? But back to the Texas abortion law. On October 6th, um, U.S. District Justice Robert Pittman um, ordered, you know, an injunction, a, a pause on the law, and claiming that it was unjustly contrived. It was an unjustly contrived scheme to deny a fundamental constitutional right. Now, that sounds like the opinion of an activist judge, and he is. I, I think, if I remember, he was an Obama appointee, and you know, he just thinks abortion is a constitutional right because, you know, he desires that that be true. And so that's how he's going to argue it, argue it. And there is a, I think his ruling there was like uh, 113 pages, if I remember correctly, just, you know, basically oozing with mockery of the Texas bill, the Texas law about how it's unconstitutional. And then some abortion clinics, um, you know, okay, it's stayed, let's scramble, let's start getting uh, abortions done until, you know, 
well, when it's reversed, then we'll stop. And two days later, on October 8th, the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals um, reversed the stay until the Supreme Court can hear the case um, about the law. And as the Court of Appeals, uh, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in, you know, Texas, uh stayed the abortion stay so that the law remains in effect until you know further notice the uh, abortion clinics then stopped so they got some more abortions done and then had to to stop it but you know if the law is enforced people can still bring suits against someone who performed an abortion so it's not like they're shielded from protection during the stay which of course you know that that's up to the courts you know to decide um whether you know (laughs) unjustly or unjustly (laughs) um yeah so and then they said it had until october 12th for um uh that stay to be ruled on but it actually happened on October 14th that the you know there's a an order that the law there can still remain in effect i believe it was a panel of 3 judges in the uh 5th circuit again uh, of appeals that you know two to one so a three a panel of three two to one that the law stays in effect until um, the Supreme Court has the hearing on on the law which could happen you know possibly in December sometime so the Texas law stays in effect until something else ha- happens and you know this makes me think of what I want to call this episode Texas Hold'em Abortion Edition but you know I do want to because I was reading an article along with the articles I was reading about the the whole um, debacle with this heartbeat law the back and forth there an article that was trying to apply you know the the gender identity the transgendered non binary gender fluid whatever community um, that they're somehow uniquely affected by this uh, you know abortion law and so you know there was a USA Today article on the 12th that I read that um, <laughs> you know it was trying to claim uh, that you know getting an abortion, uh, while trans is always hard and the Texas law, you know, puts undue burden on trans and, you know, non-cisgender people, you know, and of course you have to scratch your head wondering, so exactly how does this law uniquely put strain on them? And, it, and as reading the article, it didn't convince me that that was the case. It's just the article's just, you know, kind of trying to give us the sob story about how trans and non-gendered or non-binary gender fluid people uh, struggle with medical care but it didn't seem to really tie it to the Texas abortion law very well and uh, you know it's almost like it was trying to do two different stories there but of course tug at your heartstrings to try to make it like it's 
It's discrimination against minorities. So according to um, this USA Today article, a trans man, you know, uh, uh, biological woman who um, claims to be a man, uh, was assaulted, which of course I would empathize with that. No one has, no matter what, no one has the right to be, um, uh, you know, assaulted and became pregnant as a result. Now this you know the the article uses uh, masculine pronouns to refer to this trans man who became pregnant as a result of this and it says that he uh, uh, didn't actually choose an abortion so the the he actually did have the child and became a parent but you know stayed at this you know trans man stated that uh, you know the anti-abortion laws personally affect him you know because <laughs> i don't know how it personally affects him but you know it affects people like him and uh, you know according to the article a lot of the focus then after talking about this particular person saying it's a it, it personally affects him without really explaining how it says that the, the, the whole issue of the Texas abortion ban seems to focus so much on cisgendered women, but it do, you know what's lost in all this is you know how it affects uh, you know non-cisgendered people like trans men or non-binary people and the challenges they face with a uh, a ban on abortion. Um, the article talks about how these non-cisgendered people deal with difficulties and with discriminations, misunderstandings, and difficult conversations in clinics about, you know, their body and stuff. What's well, like, okay, you know, if you're if you're going to um, juggle around, you know, identity that doesn't have to do with the way God has made you, then, you know, no matter what you do in legitimate medical care, it has to care for your actual body. So there's there's nothing that's unique about abortion or not abortion or an abortion ban that you know triggers this any more than some so-called trans man has to deal with um you know medical care that has to do with periods or you know or bleeding as a result of periods you know i don't want to get too graphic on stuff but you know like things that have to do with your actual body and how it functions that you want to suppress or you know and if something comes up there you know what in the world does this have to do with you know an abortion ban and of course that's the the case that the article wants to make without really explaining how so it doesn't explain much how the abortion ban uniquely affects these particular um people except with supposed issues about it mentions later photo ids such as when trying to get an abortion in a different state but really how is you know and the idea being that if you show a driver's license that's several years old and the picture on there looks a lot different from the way you look now well 
you know, that's, <laughs> that's the person's choice. And, and it's not a, an abortion ban, you know, uniquely that's going to make that an issue. That's, you know, it's kind of like if you eat ice cream every day and then complain that, you know, you've put on weight, that's your choice. So if you change the way you look different from your driver's license, that's your choice. Like someone, a guy who, you know, gets a driver's license, when he's baby-faced and then uh, lets his beard or mustache grow, that's going to be an issue. Or likewise, if he gets a picture when he has a mustache or beard and then shaves it off at any given time, that could be an issue too. So just totally changing the way you look because you're trying to identify a certain way and then saying that an abortion law uniquely gives you difficulties because you got to drive out of state and if you get pulled over or you have to show a driver's license for whatever medical care and then there's difficulty with you know identifying you well you're the one who chose you know to be identified differently from your driver's license <laughs> it has nothing to do with abortion so that brings this episode to an abrupt end because i just parked at work and and so yeah stay tuned for more episodes of truth espresso and truth espresso express Thank you for waking up with Truth Espresso. Good morning, and God bless your day. Hey friends, Daniel Minnick here again. If you liked waking up to this episode of Truth Espresso, I would really appreciate it if you would rate it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever application you use to listen to Truth Espresso. 